From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Thinking now of being a bit out there with your ideas, you like to try things out. This podcast was an idea of yours, but what is the story of how the idea for this podcast came about? Oh, great question. So I got COVID at the end of last year, around November time, and it wasn't the best experience. And I'm pretty sure other people that have gone through that experience would absolutely agree with that. But again, I tried to look at the positives from it. And for about a week and a half, I just remember my head was buzzing. Literally 24 hours a day, I couldn't relax. I don't know what it was, but it's almost like I was on caffeine 24-7 for about a week and a half. And during that time, I was starting to get really creative in my thinking and started to have all sorts of ideas of what I'd like to do in the next year. And those of you that have been following my other podcast, The Peaky Agilist, will know I focus very much on agility and, and that being a core topic for that podcast. But what I was finding was when I was reaching out to guests, often those that weren't already in the Agile community, they just didn't understand what my podcast was about and why they would be a good guest on that particular podcast. So what I tried to do was think of a way in which I could create something that was all-encompassing, something wider than just agility. And because I'm really passionate about certain topics like creativity and you know agility and, and leadership, entrepreneurship, all of these great things, so when I came up with this idea or the concept, it was around theming it towards human skills for the future. So there's always a lot of hype about STEM subjects. Everyone talks about science, technology, engineering, mathematics as being the topics and subjects that everybody should be learning right now. But where are the arts? Everybody seems to be forgetting the arts. And having done some coaching with teams in the past, I've worked with such smart people in a room where they are probably the best at what they do in terms of their technical skills. But I ask them to get creative, start to brainstorm some ideas, and they really struggle. And it's because they are just so programmed to think about coding and mathematics and these subjects that the arts have been missed. And maybe they've been suppressing them just as I did for many years. And so, I'm really passionate about promoting STEAM, which is a, a movement. And the A is the arts. So rather than just focusing on STEM, I'd like to really focus on those non-technical skills. And that's really the theme of this podcast is to bring those human elements to life and for us to celebrate some of those human stories, because I think it's quite easy for us to sometimes forget People are remarkable. It's not all about technology. And as people, we have it really tough. There's so much going against us right now, right? With the pandemic, there's wars going on, or there's the threat of war. There's 
just the whole technology revolution, which is really remarkable and, and great in many ways, but it's damaging in many other ways as well. And so I'd like to focus on those human elements. And that's really the ethos of this particular podcast, I think, is to celebrate those human sides of work. So I was really excited when I found out about your idea for the podcast. At first I was like, yeah, well, human skills, they're, they are kind of neglected in the workplace. I'm grateful I'm in a role. I'm in agile coaching where I can encourage people and teams to build their, you know, softer skills and that sort of thing. And it makes a massive difference because I love that STEAM acronym. It's like STEAM, it really gets something going more, doesn't it? It's amazing that you got that idea whilst you were really unwell. And I wonder, is it because suddenly you were switched off from all the external distractions, technology and that sort of thing, and then that kind of helped your creativity take off even more. Yeah, it's really interesting that, Vera, because I've been reading a lot on that topic recently and the fact that we're most creative when we're bored. So if you think about the typical day at work, often people are on back-to-back -back calls and then at some point in the day, someone says, hey, can we do some brainstorming? Can you come up with some great ideas? Now, the brain is so under pressure. We've been overloading ourselves with all of this work and with context switching between different activities, different topics throughout the day. And then we're expected to be creative. And the brain's saying, I need a break. I, I can't just be creative just on the spur of the moment. And no wonder when people go for a jog, they go running or they just have time to reflect that's usually the time when they are so much more creative because they're giving the brain a rest and they're able to actually take a step back and start to create linkages between the different thoughts and ideas that they've had. And what is innovation? Innovation is taking existing ideas and giving them new purpose. And that for me is creativity where maybe we're inspired by an idea over here and then we've connected it with another idea over here and now what we've done is we've brought these two together and we've given them a new purpose and it's innovation like if you look at nearly every invention no one can say they just woke up one morning and they had the idea for this thing i mean look at the iphone i'm pretty sure apple didn't dream up the iphone way back in the 70s the fact is others have led the way and what Apple did was they took an existing product and brought something unique to the proposition, which was, we're going to make this touchscreen. We're going to make it more than just buttons. And we're going to include apps, which we load on PCs and laptops, et cetera. So they brought all of these things together. And I just think it's those moments when we have that downtime that we're able to get creative. And you're exactly right. I think that was the reason why during COVID, I seem to have my rest period in terms of resting my brain, not thinking about too many things at once and just focusing and giving it dedicated focus, which for me was great. It's been a really productive week and a half, but I, I think it just brought home to me how important it is to do that, just to take time out when you're on vacation. 
put those phones away, like switch them off. Because as soon as an email comes through and you check it, or as soon as you start looking at social media, your brain is not resting, it's ticking. And if you really want to have some downtime, if you really want to focus on something outside of work, I feel we need that. We need to take that step of switching off completely. The advancement of tech is not going to slow down, is it? The pace is going to increase even more. And I started getting wary, like, how do we start being more forward thinking about that rather than reactive? How do we prepare ourselves for the future? Yeah, and I think if we as humans stick to the things that we're really good at, which for me is that creativity, it's about having a common sense approach. It's about building connections, empathizing. For me, those are the skills that I believe are really going to help us as we go through this journey. And you're right, we've just started it. We're going to cover probably more than what we've done in the last 20 years, in the next four years. and. I don't know about you, but I really don't want to be learning lots of new social media platforms, trying to navigate all this complexity. I'll, I'll let someone else do that. For me, what's more interesting is how can I support the people that need to go on that journey? How can I add value to others around me? How can I help other people and make that journey a bit easier for them? And that's really that human side of it. And if someone is a great programmer, and a great engineer, fantastic. We need you. We need those skills. But just be aware that's not the only thing. We need a whole balance, which is why I think those human skills are so important. Yeah. And it's helping people to have an edge as well out there in the job market. Because I think it was you who mentioned to me that it's looking like there could be a human skills gap in the future. So investing in those skills is well worth it and fun too. Going into that then, with this podcast, what can people expect from future episodes and what kind of topics could you be talking about? So Vera, you've been a huge supporter of the podcast so far. I mean, you've been busy in the background helping me source guests, reaching out to people, really making sure we get the right type of guests onto the shows. So I would say there is no one specific category that I can put those guests in. It's so broad. We've already got episodes with people who have worked for NASA, for example, worked there for 20 years. I remember recording that particular episode with that guest, and it was just such an amazing story that he had to tell. I've talked to a guy who analyzed Jeff Bezos's uh, letters to his management board when he was CEO of Amazon, and he's taken all of the good bits and distilled them into a book, and he's shared those insights. So it helps us get really close to how Jeff Bezos thinks and his strategy at Amazon. We've talked to coaches, entrepreneurs, they're have been people who have had stories of adversity. So I would say expect lots of humanistic stories, lots of interesting topics. It's not your conventional podcast where we say to somebody, tell us about Agile. What is Agile? No, there's plenty of other people doing that. And I think 
they probably do that way better than I could. So instead, what I'm really focused on is understanding people's journeys. How did they get to where they've got to? What were those decision points that they had to make during that journey? And what have they learned? What are some of the key bits of advice that they can give to the listeners? And I want people to inspire others. I want to hear people talking about things they're really passionate about so that somebody somewhere listening to that story might be inspired to actually start looking into that particular thing. Could be anything, could be flower arranging, but it's about just igniting that thought process and that interest. And as you mentioned, Vera, you know, you came to a meetup all around visual thinking with us and all of a sudden it sparked something in you. And I'm so happy. I'm so glad you've shared that story because for me, just hearing one person say something like that makes all those hours worthwhile, all the hours that we put in to prepare for those sessions and all of the hours that eat up into your family time. Because just by helping even one person, it's, it's all been worth it. And that's really the intent behind the podcast. And the other thing to expect is, I don't know, don't hold me to this, but I'm committing to myself to publish at least two episodes a week. So it's something that I really do want to focus on and make sure we publish on a regular cadence. And it doesn't just become an ad hoc podcast where a couple of months we don't release anything. No, the idea is every week there should be two episodes sitting in your inbox if you were to subscribe. And I'm hoping each episode gets better and better because as word spreads, I'd love for anyone out there that either knows of a guest who they feel would be a great person to have on the podcast to please reach out. Or if you yourself want to come along and speak to us, just, just reach out. It's not like we're looking for a particular type of person that they have to have written so many books or be film actors or anything like that. It can be anybody who has interesting stories to share. I'm excited for the future episodes. It sounds like a lot of variety in there as well. And I like that you don't know who exactly to expect. But yeah, it's been good helping you out with the podcast as well, because um, just from reaching out to people and having initial conversations, even that in itself, I've gotten so much learning and inspiration from that. And Vera, I have a question for you. So you mentioned you've had a lot of learning even going through that process of reaching out to guests. So do share some of those lessons. I was just facing this really, just like kind of burden in my day job and it was to do with helping one of my teams. And I've just been feeling a bit like, oh, it was about leadership. And I was kind of stuck in one place feeling like, oh, this is how a leader should be. I can't seem to do it. Other leaders are like this. I don't know how to lead well. And then I started listening to this particular guest audiobooks and their TED talk. And then my whole thinking began to shift on it. One was that I realized it wasn't an issue that I was going through it on my own. It was actually a wider issue. Like leadership in itself is hard. And then I began to see, oh, actually, I don't have to be this extreme in terms of my leadership. Fantastic. And I, I have to say, Vera, for me as well, it's been 
a real learning experience just interviewing people on the podcast because it really gets you to think hard about the questions you're asking. When you know you have a certain time box of an hour maximum with somebody, you've got to build rapport with them. You've got to delve into key areas of their experience and you've got to keep the conversation flowing. And it's a really difficult skill. It's something that takes a lot of practice and I'm still learning. I just think it's an amazing way to hone your skills in that respect. I think the other aspect of it that people probably don't see behind the scenes is the level of rejection, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that's something that we don't often talk about is surely when you reach out to someone and invite them to be a guest, everybody says, yes, how wrong are we? Because actually there's plenty of people that will say no, and some are quite abrupt and can be quite rude and without naming names, which I never would. It's really interesting how some people, you see a certain persona on social media of the type of person they are. And then just by reaching out to them and having a few email exchanges, you very quickly learn that is very different to how they actually are. And I get people are busy and hey, why would they even want to talk to us? It's not like we have millions of followers or anything like that. But I just think sometimes there's a bit of etiquette needed. And I always say, treat people the way you want to be treated. And I've seen some messages come back that I wouldn't, I'd feel embarrassed about even reading out to anybody. And so I guess where I'm going with this is it hardens you as a character and your personality. Because at first I used to take it to heart. I'd be thinking to myself, wow. Is there something I could have done differently? But then after a while, you do feel a bit more confident and you feel like if that person doesn't want to come on or they have certain criteria you're unable to meet, then they were the wrong guest for you. And I think that's been a real learning curve for me is just getting that rejection and dealing with it in a positive way. Yeah, I'm learning that right now. So thanks for being honest with that. It is difficult. But doesn't it make it so much better when you do get those people suddenly saying, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to take part. I'd love to help. And they, they give their time for free and you're just like, wow, these amazing people. Massive thank you to all of those who have so far accepted our invitation onto the Superpower School. Oh, there's a question about that, actually. Why is it called Superpower School? I normally will wear lots of superhero t-shirts. I'm just a big fan of superheroes and that whole genre of movies. And I just think it's a great word that summarizes everything great about people. Like we all have superpowers and we don't even realize it. You know, some people have a great way of empathizing with others. Some people may be great at art or they may be great at coaching whatever that thing is we all as people have so many talents often we overlook them right sometimes we just overlook them like for me I always thought I've got to be really good at this specialism like I was a programmer for a while and I thought I've got to be really good at programming then I went into business analysis so I've got to be the best business analyst 
Then I went into agile when actually that wasn't really my superpower at all. I think what my superpower was connecting with people and building rapport with people. I think that was my real superpower. And I've just overlooked that for many years. And it's only recently that a few people comment and they say, Hey, buddy, you know what? I really enjoyed that. I felt that we really built a connection and I've literally only known that person for like 40 minutes because that's as long as we had. And so I think we've all got superpowers and it's about exposing them or just finding what they are and honing them and sharing them with others. Because if you do have that superpower, share it with someone so that they can learn from you as well. You mentioned you'd like superheroes. Who's your favorite superhero? Oh, that's a really tough one. That's like saying out of all of your children, which is your favorite. <laughs> I want to ask you that one, don't worry. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with Superman. I think Superman, just because from a very early age, those Superman movies were some of my favorite. And hey, everybody wants to fly. Like, who wouldn't want to fly? I'd love to be able to just go up in the sky and just start traveling around the world or even beyond. And I, the other reason is probably the geeky glasses as well. I love the way Superman on one side is seen as this normal, everyday person with the geeky glasses, but then in an instant, he's able to switch over to becoming this amazing superhero. And I think that kind of summarizes a lot of people. When I think about mothers, for example, I do an amazing job with raising kids and the, the, all that effort and the hard work that's put into that. And you're all superheroes, right? You have this persona, which is the everyday persona that we see, but actually behind the scenes, you're moving mountains. And when I say mountains, I mean, literally educating a nation of kids behind us, because there is so much that I think mothers do and also fathers. I mean, you know, some of the great fathers out there who really do take parenting seriously. Again, these are superpowers that we don't see. A bit like Superman, unless he puts on the uniform, we don't really know he's a superhero. If you're listening. You would have certain superhero skills you could be sharing with others. And I, I think, yeah, that's a really nice way to put it. I like Superman too. I was just thinking as well. So this place Superman goes to, it's called the Fortress of Solitude. I don't know if you remember that in some of the films. But Superman kind of goes there when he wants advice or he's coming up with a new discovery. If I now gave you the ability to travel into the future what is a memory crystal you think you'd want to add into superman's fortress so that people in the future can glean from that artificial intelligence and go to for help oh i love the sound of that place i think i definitely want to visit i i would say connection for me is something that we should consciously think about because Connection, not just with friends and family, but real meaningful connections with people either at work or in your leisure uh, time. As I mentioned right at the start, I don't think I would have ended up sat here right now if I didn't have those meaningful connections around me. When I talked about my schooling and talking about from where we started, it could have quite easily have gone so badly. 
And I probably would have been banged up in a prison somewhere because of the people around me. But having meaningful connections and just every now and again, them nudging me through life into different crossroads and different pathways. I feel that without those connections, life can go terribly wrong for many people. I don't know about you, but my parents used to always say, make sure you have good company at school. Like the company you are with often shape you as a person. And I would be saying to people, look around you, see and reflect on the company that you keep and think about where is that company going to help you get to? Now, some people say surround yourself by at least five people that are way more clever than you or five people that possess certain skills that you don't possess. And again, I'm a strong believer of that. I think there's so much truth in that because if you just surround yourself with the same people for many years, there's a limit to the amount of learning that you can have. And I think by connecting with lots of people, but building really meaningful connections with them can help you in so many different ways. You talked earlier about, Paddy, why have I reached out to you, Vera, and, and begged for your support on this podcast? Why have I connected with uh, Barney? You mentioned Barney, who's a great friend of mine. And if you think about age, right? Like I'm probably way older than you and Barney, but for me, it's about having diversity around you. And I love working with people that are a lot younger than me because you have a certain spark of curiosity and energy and positivity because you're at that stage of your life where you're so hungry to do well. But when you become an old dinosaur like me and you surround yourself with people that are similar, you sometimes lose that spark. And I think it's really important to never fall into that trap. So surround yourself with amazing people that you can learn from, build a diverse network of people and build meaningful connections. Those are probably the three things that I would take to the fortress, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's a good bit of advice. And I think advice that's personal to you. So I love that. Thank you. How are you in this very moment feeling about the podcast? What a great question. I'm really excited. I'm super, super excited, I should say, because of the amount of hours just spent in terms of thinking about where we want to take the podcast, just waking up in the middle of the night and having an idea, writing it down, making sure we don't lose it. Just even the hours of recording with some of those guests and then editing. And then the bad part, which is actually having to listen back to your own voice when you're editing, like that is really cringy. But again, it gets you to learn so much because I'm constantly thinking about, well, how could I have done that better? Why did I say that for? What was I thinking? Why didn't I follow up with this question instead? So there's a lot of excitement because I'm just ready to launch and get it out there. And I'm really keen to get feedback because it's all good. You and I sitting here and saying, it's going to be amazing when actually, if nobody listens to us, then I might as well 
start knitting or something. So that wouldn't happen. And I'm not very good at that. So I would say really excited, but also a little bit nervous because again, it feels like we're creating this, this child that's going to go out there in the world and really want it to impact people in a positive way. Uh, and hey, folks, if if you don't like any of the episodes or you have some constructive feedback, please send it to us. I, I would love to hear that rather than just positivity, because that's the only way we're going to improve. So yeah, excitement, I think, with a little bit of nervousness. That's good. I'm excited too, but I'm more positive that it's going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're involved, Vera, so it has to go well. Yeah, you can carry me. There you go. Well, honestly, it's an honor. And a privilege. I'm so glad to be able to be a part of this. And going back to your point about getting feedback from people, there's a great feature we're adding to the website. So the superpowers.schools website, which allows listeners to send us voicemails. So you literally click on the little record button on the website and you can record a voice message for us. And if anyone would like to pose a question to a particular guest and that could be a thing hey we could ask people just to pose a question and we randomly pick those messages for different guests and uh, that way it's not just you and i asking them questions we could source that from the crowd so yeah do please use that feature i'd love to get people's feedback through that channel but also if you want to add some shout outs or messages we'd quite happily play them on the episodes so yeah just to get another way to interact nice it's amazing what you can do with podcasts now i like the whole community feel with it right paddy you'll be relieved to know that your questioning is over (laughs) (laughs) am i guilty as charged after this integration (laughs) wait for the feedback (laughs) oh no vera thank you so much as well i really appreciate you taking the time and actually posing some questions to you because this isn't easy it's never easy for anyone and i think you've done a marvelous job today so thank you so much